Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message. Amen. Does anyone ever have a hard time taking criticism? Maybe you have a hard time looking within yourself and, and finding uh, your, fa- your flaws or your faults. Uh, maybe you know someone uh, that it seems as though it's, it's easier for them uh, to point out the faults in others instead of looking in uh, internally at themselves. Uh, when I was in corporate America, I hated getting uh, performance reviews. I just hated them. From my experience, uh, it seems like no matter uh, how good of an employee you were, how well you got along with people, how, how well you did your job, uh, they wouldn't give you all fours or uh, all fives or whatever the highest mark were. Uh, one reason, because they, they knew you would use that as ammunition as to why you should have got a bigger raise. That's one reason uh, why they do that. And the worst time for me was when I had a bad manager to go through that and have them point out my faults. And I wanted to tell them, hey, can we ha- it's your turn now. Can I tell you <laughs> what I think about you? Can we go through where you need to improve? You know? But after a day or two, after I got out of my, out of my flesh, uh, there were ways that I said, you know, I could improve. Or there were areas, you know, I can do, I could do better in that. Because there are always different ways and different areas that we can improve and that we can reach higher uh, and, and do better. And that's kind of what's happening here uh, in the scenario with, with King David. Uh, the prophet Nathan uh, is sent by God to basically give him a, point, a performance review. Let him know what he's doing basically isn't right. He's not cutting it. He's, he's found him, himself uh, in sin. If you're not familiar with the story, uh, what happens is when the King David was supposed to be at war, because Israel was at war, the king is supposed to be with them, but he stayed home, he stayed at the castle, and he was on the roof uh, looking. And he looks across, and he sees Bathsheba, uh, ironically enough, taking a bath uh, outside on, on her roof. So he summons her over, uh, he lays with her, uh, they conceive a child. Then he, he wants to cover it up, so he summons his husband, her husband, uh, Uriah, from war to come back to try and lay with her. But uh, Uriah's heart and mind is really with the other soldiers. He's, he's wanting to be back out in battle. So instead of him going to lay with Bathsheba, he actually spends a couple of nights at the, the palace door. Uh, and so when David sees that that doesn't work, he sends word to put him on the front line. Uh, so that he would be killed, so that he would be uh, murdered. And so then uh, God sends uh, the prophet Nathan over to basically correct him, to let him know what he's doing uh, is not right. So when we read this, we can look at, we can easily see that creating or uh, falling in adultery with Bathsheba is wrong. We can see that 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 was a sin. Trying to to cover it up and... uh, having her husband murdered, uh, we can see that that was a sin. We can look at Nathan's bravery for him coming up to the king and basically challenging him. For a lot of us, it's hard to even correct our mamas. If, if your mom is, is like mine, you had to kind of tip lightly, you know? And, and that's, and that's for, the, for, for my good and grown people, you know what I mean? My good and grown is when you're out of the house, 
you paying your own bills, you good and grown, right? So, so, so I want to distinguish the two, because some of my young people are saying, uh, my, my mama's not receiving what I'm saying. Well, you're not good and grown yet, all right? So uh, when you get good and grown, you can go to your mom and maybe discuss things and kind of set things in, in, in order there, all right? But when we get to David, right, let's, let's, let's think about this a second from David. King David, he's the king, right? The king is a lot different than a, a, a president or, or something like that. The king, all the land, all the people belong to him. He can write a decree, and if it's not carried out, he can have you killed. Amen. And he's, he's perfectly within the law of, of doing so. So he's basically the man. He, he's running the show, right? And really, I see myself in this because there, there was a time in my life when I thought I was the man. I thought I was running the show, right, especially before Christ, because it took me to basically compare myself to God's standard to see that I'm wrong, just like the prophet Nathan did with David. When he compared what he was doing to God's standard, oh, you saw that that was wrong, you know, even after Christ. There, there was times in my life when uh, I, I was stubborn, uh, uh, hard-headed, uh, full of pride. I know my bride is like, oh, he preaching now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it took it took someone like the prophet Nathan. Luckily, we was around people that loved me, a community that, that would pull me to the side. I mean, bro, no, what, what you're doing isn't right. Or what you're doing, you might you might want to switch that. You know, so we need we need the prophet Nathan's in the house to kind of set things in right, to set set things in 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 order. Right. So it's, it's good for us to look at, uh, uh, take a step back and look at what we're doing and, and how we're, we're, we're serving in, in, in God's kingdom. Galatians 6 and 4, chapter 6 and 4 says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. We'll get back to that in a minute. Of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each respons responsible for our own conduct. So we're responsible for our own conduct in the way we act. So we can't blame our parents. We can't blame our upbringings, where we're from, how much money we got, what job we had, uh, if my dad was there, if he wasn't, if my mom uh, wasn't there. We're responsible uh, for, for our, own, our own actions. And so it says also to pay careful attention uh, of your, your work. Pay careful attention of, of what you're doing. So why, why should we take time out to examine ourselves and to look at uh, what we're doing? Uh, turn with me to, to James uh, chapter 1. James chapter 1, uh, verse 22. James chapter 1, uh, verse 22. And the word of God says, but don't just listen to the word. You also must do what it says. So we have to, to do what it says. It's not good. It's not just enough to just listen. We're going to have to actually do what it says. That's, this is why uh, it's good to take those self-examinations to make sure that we're in line, to make sure we're doing uh, what, our father's, what our father says. On this, this next line here, um, I like what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. 
I like that. What, what is God saying? It's actually where I got the title from, uh, Mirror, Mirror. So what, what is God saying uh, to listen to the word and to not do what it says is like glancing in the mirror? So what, what happens at a mirror, right? When the mirror, when we wake up in the morning, we wash our face, right? Get the, uh, the, the crust out, what I call the eye boogers. Get your, get your eye boogers out in the morning, right? The ladies, you guys, uh, you can go to the mirror and you get out your final outfit. You make sure this, this blouse doesn't look right with this. Let me change this, you know. Uh, I'm not picking on the ladies because the fellas do it too. And especially here, we want to make sure that tie pops the way, the way it needs to, you know, make sure that that, that knot is, is, is right, right? If it's not right, we, we're in the mirror and we're trying to, to fix it, make sure, make sure it looks good. So what, what happens at the mirror is that we fix what is wrong or we clean what is dirty, right? So what happens, the word of God is the mirror. This is where we fix what's wrong with us, right? When we read it, this is where we clean what's dirty inside of us. Well, what God is saying is that if you listen to the word and don't do what it says, the people actually see in the mirror the adultery, but instead of they doing it, they don't fix it. They just take a glance. They see the unforgiveness, well, I'm not going to fix it. I see the bitterness, well, I'm not going to fix it. So that's what happens when you're taking, uh, what God is saying is you're taking that, that glance in the mirror because you, you're seeing that. Most people, most people can recognize at, at least uh, uh, the, the, the Ten Commandments, right? They know, you know that from a time from when you're um, three and four years old sometimes. So they, they see the sin, they see it, but instead of, of fixing it, uh, they're, just, they're just taking a, a glance in the mirror. Um, a quick story, and parents, you may have to, have to clean, clean this up later because um, <laughs> we got kids in the house. But uh, we raised uh, our kids uh, not to believe in Santa Claus. Right. Forgive me, you have to clean this up later. Uh, reason being, uh, one reason was because um, my family uh, is actually three hours away and I wanted to give them something, that, one of the good things that we had growing up was togetherness as a family. We was always together. And I wanted to give them the opportunity to uh, play with their cousins and to see their families on Christmas. And it was hard to really do, do the Santa Claus thing and then go or, you know, we could celebrate on another day. And, and then at the beginning, I tried to figure out, well, maybe I should just ship the presents or something, FedEx. And then I said, well, I have to tell more lies and say, well, uh, Santa Claus found you at your grandma house in Wilson. It was just, it was too much. So, so we just decided to just, you know, we, they still had a, a, a Christmas. They still opened gifts. We still celebrated and had a good time. But we just said, hey, this is from your mom and daddy. And we would end up maybe celebrating a day or two before or after or something like that. Right? So my uh, precious and beautiful and loving daughter uh, after about seven years of this, uh, in the end of November, around that, that time frame, she came up to us and she said, Santa Claus is real. And so I just kind of dismissed it and at first I said, well, no, baby, that, that's not right. A couple of weeks later, she comes back to us and says, Mommy, Daddy, uh, Santa Claus is real. I, my friend so-and-so at school told me that he's real. I said, well, baby, your friend so-and-so is wrong. <laughs> Santa Claus. So well, now we're at Christmas Eve, 
And she comes back to us again and says that Santa Claus is real. I want to leave some milk and cookies out for him. So at this time, I'm a little vexed. I'm like, what's, what's happening here? I'm trying to figure out, is she trying to, to con me and get up in the middle of the night to, to eat the milk and cookies? Uh, should, I, should I feed into it, you know? Because if I do, then it's about 37 cent worth of milk that's going to spoil out on the counter. This is the kind of thing that's going through my mind here. I'm trying to figure out what to do, what to do in this situation. So then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know what? You gave her the truth. You told her what was real. But like so many adults, they chose to believe something else. They chose to, to do something that was, they thought was more beneficial than actually believing and obeying the truth. So that's why, because I know she, she probably thought she was going to get some more gifts or something if, if Santa Claus came. But that, that's what, what happens in, in adulthood. They believe that instead of being obedient to the word of God, that it's, it's more beneficial, that they're going to prosper uh, some way and, 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 and in somehow. And what God began to, to even show me even further is those of you that have uh, smaller kids definitely probably can relate to this. When you, when you see your, your kids, you know, you want so much for them. You want so much for them to, 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 to do right. Uh, you don't want them to go down the, the same road and the same pitfalls as, as you did. And you uh, begin to plan. And for me, I'm, I'm so much a thinker. I'm so much trying to figure out, okay, what can I do? Uh, so that they will be better. Uh, for example, I know that um, my son is actually going to need braces in a few years, so I said, well, I'll drive a smaller car and kind of save up money and so that I'll be ready. I'm always thinking ahead. But what God was showing me was that the mistake that I was making was I was relaying the natural into the spiritual. I was trying to set them up so that they would continue to walk with God so that they will, uh, wouldn't falter. I was trying to figure out, should I put them in uh, Christian school? Or should I put them in this program? Or should I, I put them in, in, in that program? And God says, no, you give them the truth. They're going to have to make a decision just like you did. Amen. They're going to have to make a decision to, to follow me just like everybody else. Amen. Son, you, 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 you can't give them a piggyback ride to heaven. You, you can't put them on your back and, and them ride in here uh, on you. They're going to have to make choices. They're going to go through things. They're going to have their, their own trials, uh, their own setbacks, their own victories. They're going to have their own testimonies. So it, he began to just work on me and, and to, to pull back, so to speak, and allow to give them that freedom. So our responsibility has to just, just give them the truth. That's all I, I had to do. Uh, I, so I remember I just speak over my daughter and tell her, you're, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, I don't care what those little girls tell you at school. You know, if your son have a hard day of football practice, you know, tell him he's more than a conqueror and, and, and put that other guy on his back this time. Just speak over. I, I learned I didn't have to beat him over the head with the word of God. I had to just talk to him and just tell him and just trust God that it's going to come out. You can write this down in your notes. Doing is the application of listening. Doing is the, the, the application to listening. When you're doing, it, it says to God that I hear you, I'm listening, and I'm actively participating. I'm doing 
I'm listening, I'm actively participating, and I'm following you. We're in the process of uh, gearing up, getting ready to uh, go back to school. Uh, and the <laughs> 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 See, parents say amen. Uh, but the, the teachers love summer vacation just like the kids do. Uh, and, and one of the things that, um, that we do in the class sometimes is uh, when things get rowdy, and I, I'm going to have to uh, get some of you guys' help with this. One of the things that we do is we say, uh, if you can hear me, clap once. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. I know you want read it, so I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again, all right? If you can hear me, clap once. If you can hear me, clap twice. If you can hear me, clap three times. If you can hear me, clap zero times. Oh. So, yeah, good. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's good. We, we, we ain't here with adults, so it's all good. Yeah, but kids fall for that sometimes, right? Kid, kids fall for that. But what I saw is that it gets the kids' attention, and they can be able to hear my next instruction. If they're not obedient, if, we're, if they're not obedient, they can't hear me. When we relate that to God's word is that when we're not obedient, we can miss God's next instruction. So out of disobedience, we can miss a blessing. We can miss what God has for us because we're, we may be listening but not doing what he's saying. So we have to be careful. It's, it's two parts. It's, it's a two, two-fold thing that you have to do and we have to put, uh, put together. Um, Turn with me to Matthew uh, chapter 7. Matthew uh, chapter 7. Uh, verse 21. And here Jesus is giving uh, the, the Beatitudes uh, or the, the Sermon on the Mount here. And, uh, and he's teaching here at verse 21, and the word of God says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father will in it will my I'm sorry, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have not we have have we not prophesied in thy name. And in thy name have cast out devils, and the, the name done, and, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Um, you don't have to turn there, but later in uh, chapter five, chapter twenty-five uh, is where he, he's teaching about money, and he's um, uh, giving the example or the parable with uh, the talents, where they had to. Uh, he expected them to make money with it or to basically return to him with uh, more than what they had. And remember, there was one uh, man that, that buried it in the sand and didn't do anything with it. And that's where uh, he says, uh, well, when he was telling, talking to the people about the, the ones that were actually uh, returning more to him, he would say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, right? Uh, so just so that we're on the same page, when, when we're talking about uh, well done, or you worker of iniquity, you, you work and you're doing something, but what the, the Bible is saying is basically upon you're done, what you're doing or your works is basically how well are you keeping the commandments? Uh, how well are you, are you following Christ? It's not about actions uh, like knocking on doors and those, those type of things. So uh, we're all saved uh, uh, by faith through grace. So I want to make sure everybody's on the same page with this. But on either side, we're doing something, right? 
We either you well done or you done something or you worker or of iniquity. So on both sides, you're working. You're either working for God or you're working for the, for the devil. The, the, same, the thing to keep in mind for the saints, uh, we got to uh, have a well done now in order to have a well done later. I said it again, we got to get a well done now to have a well done later. So the absence from the body means to be present with the Lord. We don't have time to, to get it right once that final breath is taken. We don't have time to get it together. So we're going to have to be operating in, in the well done now in order to get uh, a, a well done later. Um, I know uh, the subject matter of, of, of mirror, mirror, taking that, that time looking at ourselves can be hard sometimes, especially if you if you're one of those people that, uh, that hated criticism or, or uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to even look in, into our hearts sometimes. Sometimes, we, sometimes we, we don't see it, then sometimes we can see the, 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 the wickedness or, or those, those uh, shortfalls or those, maybe those little sins that maybe creep up. You know, so it can be hard to look in the mirror sometimes and to, uh, to, look, at, to look at that. Turn with me to uh, Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Uh, Psalm 51 was actually uh, the psalm that, that David wrote uh, after he was confronted by the, the prophet Nathan. Um, he wrote this out of basically forgiveness. He wrote it out of uh, trying to get back in uh, right standing with God. Um, and it, I think that there's three things that I do want to pull out uh, in this because I think that it's, it's easier um, to go before God before we fall deep into sin or before we get caught up in maybe though maybe not sin but maybe those weights that may uh, that may pull us down or that may separate us uh, from the, the presence of God. So there are three things uh, in this uh, this psalm that he wrote that I think uh, could help. Though I can count myself and those of us sometimes that it's hard to to take that criticism. Uh, so we can go to God um, and and be able to receive and be, and be able to get things right uh, within us. Psalm 51, uh, verse 1, uh, it says, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stains of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. Have I, I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. And the first thing uh, to remember when, when we're uh, going to God or when we're uh, turning that mirror on ourselves and, and doing those self-examinations uh, the first thing to remember is basically to realize you're not perfect. You know, Paul says in, in Philippians 1 and 6 that uh, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So until Jesus comes back, there's a perfecting that's, that's going on in us. We're continuously uh, working out our salvation. So realizing that you're not perfect allows you to not basically set yourself up for failure, to not put yourself uh, in position, not saying that you're going to always stay in, in sin or, or not get better, 
But you need to un understand that we're not going to be perfect until Jesus comes back. Um, as a teacher, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, what I see with, with the students sometimes is uh, the parents will come in and their expectation is that their kid is going to uh, be a straight A math student. But when in reality, not all adults are good in math. Amen. You know, if that kid is trying, I'll tell them if that kid is trying and he's giving me uh, their best and their best is, is a B or a C, then I'll take that. I'll take that. Everybody's not going to be a mascot. It doesn't mean, again, the same thing applies. It doesn't mean that you're just going to skate by on D's and F's. But at the same time, if you're putting in the work and, uh, and, and a B is your best, then give the kids some, some grace and some slack with that. You don't have to put those, these impossible standards uh, on people. Uh, I'm not going to go down that road because there's a lot I can say about teaching and, and stuff. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay in the, the minister role. I'm going to teach over here because there's certain things triggers fits with me sometimes in the classroom. And I'm just going to put that on the side. Let's look back at verse 6. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a, a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a, a right or a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing uh, to obey you. Uh, the next point uh, to remember um, after realizing you're not perfect is uh, to ask God to reveal those places to you. Just come in with an with a earnest heart and, a, and an open mind and ask God. Again, some of, these, some of these you may see, some of these you know, but it, it's going to be easier to deal with it if you go to God instead of him coming to you. Amen. So I would rather just, just go to God, okay, God, show me where I need to be better at. Show me where, where I need to be, if it's, if it's better, more giving, uh, if it's more loving to my, my neighbor, you know, if it's my thoughts towards other people. Show me, God, uh, where I'm lacking at and help me to overcome this. So the next thing is remember just uh, to, re to reveal those places, asking God to show you those empty places, those broken places, you know, uh, and, and he'll do that. He'll, he'll honor that. He'll honor that you coming to him saying, Lord, help me, I'm struggling with this. I need help with that, as opposed to being uh, just puffed up with pride and just holding it in, thinking that you have it all sewn, sewn up and all together. Amen? Amen. Let's look at uh, the next, next verse, uh, 13. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for, sh for shedding blood. O oh God, who, say, who saves? Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O oh Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I will offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You would not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. Look with favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The next point is uh, to realize that you don't need a sacrifice to get right with God. 
a lot of times I've seen so many people that, that live sinful lives and, but run to the altar to give their tithes. I've worked with people that uh, broke half of the commandments by lunchtime, <laughs> but to say that, you know, they, they're giving up meat for Lent. Like, why, why are you having, why, why, why are you having to sacrifice, why are you having to give up something out of your disobedience, out of you not living for God, out of you not uh, wanting to even do right? You're feeling that you're trying to put in a substitute. But there's, there, there's no substitute for a repentant heart. Someone that's coming saying, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm hurting with something. There's no shame in that. You're getting back right with God. There, there, there's no reason for you to feel ashamed or embarrassed when it comes time to, to cleaning up those areas in our lives. There should be no shame in that. So the, those three things, I feel like if we come to God earnestly and openly, and just realizing that, one, yeah, we're not perfect. And then asking him to, re- to reveal those places, those open places, those wounded or, or broken places to us. And then lastly, just realizing that we don't need a sacrifice to step in. We don't, we don't need a, a, a replacement. All God wants is, is, our, is us anyway. A willing, a willing heart, a willing person to serve and to give and, and to submit. Um, in conclusion, I'm, I'm wrapping up because uh, I'm, I'm being honest with you. This was uh, something that I, I dealt with, uh, especially uh, after I first got saved. It was hard to really look inside of me and to, and to see that, to see that ugliness, to see that. Uh, even though my, my sins were covered under Jesus' blood, it still felt bad to me. It felt horrible. I, I, I just I didn't like it. I still didn't like who I was. It took some time to really... Uh, be comfortable in who I was in Christ to really understand, you know, that uh, I'm whole and complete in him and that he's going to continue working on me until Jesus comes back. And I had to realize that I'm, I'm a uh, preventative uh, type of person. Um, if, if my engine light is on, I would rather go to the mechanic and say, help me out, uh, figure out what's wrong with my car than to be stranded out on the road somewhere, trying to push it and trying to go those limits. So it's better to just come up forthright and just say, okay, God, clean me up. Fix me up, oh, Lord. I'm hurting. I'm struggling here. I need to, I've turned the mirror on on myself, and I don't see, I don't like what I see, oh, Lord. So I want to give anybody that's here on the sound of my voice, you may be in sin. You may be in, in a backslidden state. I don't know. But I do want to give you an, an opportunity uh, to turn that mirror on yourself. And if you want to get back in, in right fellowship with God, that now's the time. Now's the opportunity uh, to come forth. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E, 
atc3.org or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.